Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk About That with your host Maida Ilandala. So like I say in the beginning of every episode, there is a lot going on in the world right now, specifically with Black Lives Matter protests. Um, Portland, Oregon, there's a lot going on right now. There are people literally being kidnapped, like taken in unmarked vans and just driven away by federal agents. Like, do your own research on that, please. Like, there are so many different resources where you can find to do your own research. I could talk about that for a full episode, but that's not really what I want to get into here. Um, But protests are still happening all over the country very, very peacefully. Like, they are happening um, on a daily basis all over the country and all over the world, too. Like, this is not just a matter of U.S. people protesting. Like, other countries are getting involved because it is something that needs to be addressed um, because black people have not gotten justice. Breonna Taylor's murderers have not been arrested. It's been months. Um, Like, not much has changed. Yes, we are bringing so much light and attention to so many issues that need to have this light and attention, but we are not seeing much change not justice yet so they're still going um but i want to talk about something that i feel like everyone should understand and everyone should take the time out of their day to learn about and to understand and that is exactly what racism is what prejudice is what discrimination is what stereotypes are how they stem like how we come about them how they have arisen in society and how we can eradicate them because it is not the job of black people to tell you what is racist and what is not what you should say and what you should not to educate you about certain things that you can google yourself certain things that you can educate yourself on because black people are not your teachers they're not it's not their job to tell you what is right and what is wrong um so this podcast i thought i would shed some light on that but less so on the matter of how i feel about the subject about how i feel about racism um, and what my opinions on the matter are because people tend to not listen to that when it's not a fact. Um, so I'm going to talk about it from a psychological perspective um, because I took a honor psychology class last spring. We talked a lot about social learning and behavior. It's a huge part of the psychology class and we got to pick a topic and explore it a little further in an essay. So I wrote an essay on um, prejudice, discrimination, and stereotypes and the psychological basis behind it and how it is learned and how it can be unlearned because nobody is born a racist. Like, that's just not a thing. Like, you don't come out of the womb with all of these hateful thoughts in your brain. Like, that's just not, it's not like a genetic thing to be so, um, have these specific beliefs. Um, it's a learned behavior and it can be unlearned just as it was learned in the first place. Um, so I'd like to talk about that today. And I think it's a really important topic that really everyone should be aware of and understand fully. Because in order to combat racism is to understand where it came from and understand how you can actually eradicate it. Because there are ways to do that. Um, So I'd like to spread that information with you guys because I think that, you know, especially now, but also not just now. I think everyone should be aware of this at all times, not just in a time where we're bringing light to these issues. I think everyone should be aware of what their thoughts are and what their speech is and how it may be affecting others. So first of all, discrimination and prejudice exist in everyday life, whether you experience that or not, whether you realize it or not. Marginalized groups of people all over the world face hate just for being different than the majority of the population. 
Um, and discrimination and prejudice doesn't have to be so direct and outwards. Um, acts of these can range from violent hate crimes and murders to subtle microaggressions and silent thoughts. Um, so keep that in mind. Um, you may not be using racial slurs. You may not be outwardly um, yelling um, harassment and harassing people of color. But that doesn't mean that that excuses you from being a racist, even though you have racist thoughts. Um, so keep in mind that racism is not just, and discrimination is not, like, it doesn't always have to be so loud and direct. Um, and no matter the degree or damage that these behaviors cause, it's important for those in a position of privilege to note the causes for the way of thinking and to extinguish it, because only then will we be able to make the world a safer place for everyone, not just the majority of people. We want to make it safer for people of color, for people of different religious beliefs, the LGBTQ plus community, just to name a few marginalized groups of people, and there are so many others. Okay, so what is the difference between prejudiced stereotypes and discrimination? Because you might have seen them used interchangeably, you might not understand the clear differentiation between the three terms, and also get into um, how racism fits into that. So, prejudice, stereotypes, and discrimination, they're all very similar. They're leaves from the same three, um, but they have separate meanings. So, prejudice can be defined as an unjustifiable negative attitude towards a specific group and those who identify it. Um, so, prejudice includes stereotypes and discriminatory behaviors. Um, a stereotype is an overgeneralized belief about a group of people. And although some stereotypes might have some root of truth where the stereotype came from, it's not a statement that should be applied to the group as a whole. It can be very harmful. Now, discrimination is negative behavior. So this involves actions, while prejudice refers to thoughts and speech. Discrimination and stereotypes are the actions and specificities that tend to fall under the broader category of prejudice. So prejudice is the broad category. Anyone can experience prejudice. Discrimination and stereotypes fall underneath that. Um, so prejudice, again, is the general attitude. And so where racism falls in all of this, it is under prejudice. Um, so this includes discrimination um, towards people based on their race, but it also includes one key component, and that is a power imbalance. So people can experience racism when the people of their race have had a history of oppression from others. When there has been a historical power imbalance, when there even has been a modern power imbalance between their group of people and people of a different race, which causes this racism to happen. So black people experience racism and other people of color experience racism because historically and even in modern times, there have been people in different groups who have had a power over these people. So this is why people say that reverse racism doesn't exist and it can't exist. So reverse racism is the idea that um, there is racism towards white people and absolutely white people can face prejudice. They can face discrimination. They can face stereotypes. It happens. Absolutely. That is a thing. It is a problem and it exists. Nobody is denying that. But what white people cannot experience is racism because they have never been in a lower position of power. They have always been the oppressors in historical and even modern cases. Um, they have never been in a lower position um, to, be, to be discriminated based on their race, race specifically. Um, white people identifying in the LGBTQ plus community absolutely face harassment, absolutely face discrimination. Um, but they have never faced discrimination 
for their race. And there's never been a power imbalance where white people were at a lower position of power. Um, and that is the key importance that separates racism from other types of prejudice. And again, that's not my personal opinion. This is the definition of racism, and that's a fact. So now talking about prejudice. Um, psychologists have identified two general types of prejudice people may have, and I touched on this a little earlier. Um, it can be explicit or implicit. So explicit prejudice is what you might think of when you think of prejudice. It's outward, it's direct. Those who display the attitude are very well aware of it, and they make it clear to others of what their beliefs are. Um, these are the direct verbal statements. These are the direct beliefs that someone might say. Um, meanwhile, implicit prejudice lies on a more subconscious level. It involves subtle beliefs that the person in question might not even realize that they have. And this can come in the form of unconscious reactions, for example, to seeing people from different ethnic groups. Just subconscious thoughts, like things that might pop into your head when you see someone that's different from you. On the other hand, examples of explicit prejudice can be shown in the aftermath of the 9-11 attacks. So let's talk about 9-11 as an example uh, for prejudice and kind of explain um, how people can learn prejudice. So after the 9-11 attacks, uh, many Americans began to fear terrorist attacks by foreign terrorists and learned a prejudice from Muslims and foreign immigrants. But since then, attacks by homegrown white supremacists and other extremists who were non-Muslim were twice as likely to occur than a foreign terrorist attack. Yet the majority of Americans have not learned to fear white people. So why did Americans, and the majority of them being white, learn hatred and fear from one devastating attack from foreign terrorists, yet many have not developed any fear for the numerous domestic terrorist attacks that have also caused much suffering? No one is denying the gravity of 9-11 and how horrible the attack was. That's not what I'm getting at here. So when we're looking specifically at the prejudice resulting from the events of 9-11, the power of observational learning, as well as the extreme intensity of the attacks, might account for the learned prejudice that occurred here. So the attacks were the first that many Americans had experienced. Nothing like this had happened before. They did not have any past experiences like this. And since then, the frequency, which is the number of times that something occurred, uh, forced foreign attacks have been quite low. However, the intensity was so strong that so many still struggle with PTSD and the losses of loved ones from the attack. Americans were also not prepared at this at all. And part of the prejudice may come from a source of wanting to be prepared should this happen again. And just this innate feeling of preparedness and wanting to be ready. But the harmful attitude towards Muslims is nowhere near a proper solution for, pre for preparedness. That's not how you're going to feel prepared by having this attitude towards all Muslims. So, contiguity which refers to the timing between the stimulus and the response, the stimulus in this case being the attack and the response being death, their fear for terrorists, they occurred directly after one another in the case of 9-11. So the attacks happened and immediately there was death, there was fear. There was no time in between. And this causes for strong learning. When the contiguity is short, the learning is much higher. So even though the foreign terrorist attacks have been quite low, there have been similar attacks that have gone by without nearly as much attention because these attacks were from white domestic terrorists, and they've not caused as much fear due to the prejudice mentality that people of color should be feared more than white people. So why is that a mentality that people have? 
this again is psychological it comes from the us versus them mentality so all humans we all have a tendency to feel much more comfortable when surrounded by those in our group so our group is the people that we have similarities with that we have learned to feel safe around because they share certain likes they share dislikes they look like us they think like us and so for many whether implicitly or explicitly the people in a group have the same color skin as us, the same religious beliefs, and perhaps the same sexual or gender orientation. So for some white Americans, the us is other white Americans, and the them might be people of color, people who don't look like them. And this is an example of social learning, because all humans have many needs, and one of our biggest needs is a desire to be accepted and to belong in a group of people, to belong in a society, to feel loved around others. This mentality can help us feel safe and insecure, but it can cause prejudice and discrimination towards those not in our own group. And no one is saying that you can't have friends who are like you. It's a great thing to be surrounded by people that you have similarities with, that you feel comfortable with. But when it gets bad is when you start discriminating against people not in your group, or you start having these negative mentalities to people who are not in your group, or when you're only friends with, you only associate with people that look like you, that share the same beliefs as you, because then you're not going to learn anything else but other people, other people who are different, other people who might look different, have a different sexual orientation than you, um... And that's where it becomes a problem when you have these negative attitudes towards other people when you haven't even actually been able to interact with them. And it's just like your us versus them mentality. And then no other learned experiences to counter those negative beliefs. So besides this one example of 9-11 where prejudice was learned because of this one event, um, many people exhibit discriminatory behaviors due to learned prejudice as a child. So children, they are super impressionable. You'll all learn a lot as a child because you're constantly looking around you and learning so many things from your environment. Um, and, and observational learning is so strong, and that's learning that you get from watching other people's behaviors, other people's actions. Um, so a child growing up in a home where their family members frequently display discrimination or have explicit prejudice is much more likely to develop those same beliefs unless they're taught otherwise. So for them, the frequency might be high. So the frequency is the number of times that something happens. So the frequency of a parent, for example, or another family member or someone that they're around a lot might have um, explicit prejudice, might be saying verbal comments, might be saying explicitly racist things very often in their household or around the child. And this can counter a low intensity. So again, intensity is like kind of how strong the event is. And a, a comment here and there, like one or two sentences here and there, it's not a huge event that can cause stronger learning. But because it happens so often, even though the intensity is low, the learning is still high. Um, and also, a child might be rewarded for repeating any discriminatory behaviors immediately. So they would say, the, say um, repeat any discriminatory behaviors that they heard um, someone around them say, and then that person would reward them as soon as they say it. And that makes the contiguity short and strong. So the contiguity is this, the time between the stimulus and the response. The stimulus is a child saying the comment, and then this response is the reward or the verbal praise that a parent or a family member might have towards the comment. To the, um, comment. And this, again, makes learning high because the reinforcement is very strong. Or even if the child is not directly rewarded with verbal praise, they might be a lack of punishment. So they might not necessarily be reprimanded for something that they said or have faced any sort of punishment for what they said. And then because of that, they have no reason not to say that again because they don't know that it's bad or they've never been taught that that's something that you should be punished for saying. Um, 
And the learned behavior also might be predictable. So if a parent makes a prejudiced comment or uses a stereotype consistently when referring to a person of color, a child may pick up on this behavior faster because then they start associating these comments with people of color and then they have learned the discrimination, they have learned that prejudice, and they have learned maybe some stereotypes as well. Children also learn a lot from their environment growing up. So if a white child, for example, lives in an area with many people of color, then they might not see much of a difference between themselves and the people around them, even though they look different because they see them so often and they understand that there's no difference really between them and someone who looks different than them. And the frequency of seeing people of color is high. They know that people of color are not violent or bad as they may be shown in the media because they have more personal experiences with people of color. But if a child grows up in a more violent environment, however, and they witness police brutality on people of color, one of a few things may happen based on past experiences. So, real quickly, everyone learns differently based on their past experiences. We all, when we're learning new things, when we're taking in our environment, we're making associations and we're like generalizing things based on what we have seen before in the past. Because that's just how our brain works. That's how our brain helps to make sense of the world and what's happening around us. So... We're in a situation, there is a white child um, walking home, and they witness a police officer being very violent and aggressive towards a person of color. This is an example of police brutality in the situation. Um, So depending on the child's past experiences and what they've seen before, they might have one of three different thoughts. So thought number one has happened if um, the child has witnessed police punishing people in the past um but this has been regardless of race so they've seen the police um being kind of aggressive and taking in people into custody and um seeing the police often but for a variety of different races not just one specific race in general they've seen it to a lot of people so and they've associated the police officers doing this with someone has committed a crime that person that the police officer is targeting has done something wrong so when the child walks down the street and sees the police officer being aggressive towards a person of color then they assume okay that person has done something wrong and the police is um, reprimanding them for it the police will take them into custody so that's um, one of the things that a child could think. The next thing happens if um, the child has only ever witnessed police officers being gentle with everyone, again, regardless of race. So the police, they've, they've seen police officers before, but they've only seen police officers give directions to people or only nicely ask questions to people um, or just pull people over gently and not been very aggressive. They've never seen a police officer being violent or aggressive to anyone. So and then they see um, this police officer being violent and aggressive towards this person of color. And then they're seeing, okay, that police officer is stepping out of line because he's being violent and aggressive. And I've never seen that before. Um, and then the third option is that the police, the child believes that the police are acting the way that they are being violent and aggressive due to the person of the color skin. So this happens when the child has seen police officers being gentle and softer with white people, but then they've also frequently seen police officers being super aggressive towards people of color. And so the child has begun to associate police officers and people of color um, with the with that the people of the person of color is violent is inherently more violent because the police officer is never violent towards white people they're only violent towards people of color um and the child might have a hard time just being able to discriminate between the different um situations and the different stimuli that they may have witnessed in the past so when i say discrimination here i'm not talking about like like prejudice discrimination i mean 
the discrimination in psychology, which refers to being able to distinguish between different stimuli. So the child in scenario two might have only seen a person of color being treated badly once and might assume that this is all how all people of color should be treated instead of discriminating against this one instance. So instead of separating this one instance. So the child is overgeneralizing and that explains the whole concept of stereotyping, which are overgeneralized statements about a group of people. So briefly, just to wrap up kind of what I was just talking about, how do people learn prejudice, discrimination, and stereotypes based on their past experiences and what they've witnessed as a child? That's a huge thing. And that doesn't even have to be as a child, but it can also be as you're growing up and being exposed to different um, circumstances or like repeat circumstances. Um, but especially as a child, because children are highly impressionable and they might not fully understand the world yet. So your environment growing up, who's around you growing up when you're a kid is super important. And you might have like had some people in your life as a child who have said some um, things that have been like slightly discriminatory, slightly prejudiced about certain groups of people, but you didn't really register that as something wrong. And so now... You, it might be engraved in your memory and you might have these subconscious thoughts and that's when they become more implicit beliefs rather than explicit beliefs. And everybody has implicit beliefs. The first step to being able to fix that is to acknowledge that they exist. Um, even if you want to think of yourself as a perfect person, oh, I'm, I've never think a racist thought in my whole like life. That's just not something that happens. You probably have some implicit beliefs. It doesn't even have to be like directly super racist. It can be slightly prejudiced. It can be slightly discriminatory. It can be nobody is perfect in that way. Our brain always makes associations for various things, and you might just not be aware of it. But the first step that you can do is to be aware that they might exist. And that's the first step to being able to extinguish it. So now let's go into more about how we can extinguish learned prejudices. Because again, these are learned behaviors, so they can be unlearned. So extinction, which is just getting rid of the prejudice and the discriminatory beliefs, um, is to, extinction can come in many forms. So for the example in the, of a learned stereotype, finding people who go against the stereotype can diminish the strength of the stereotype. So every time you meet someone that fits a stereotype, and there will be people that fit stereotypes, because most stereotypes did come from a stem of truth, but it's very harmful to generalize a whole group of people based on one statement. But every time someone fits a stereotype, the contingency increases and the rate of reinforcement gets stronger. So basically, um, you're being reinforced. Like the, the behavior of the stereotype is being reinforced. So it's being supported. And that's just basically what that means. The contingency, which is like the number of times that it's happened, it's increasing. But once more people are introduced that do not fit a stereotype, the rate of reinforcement decreases, the frequency decreases, and the stereotype is extinguished. Because now you're meeting people that the stereotype just doesn't work for, and you're like, okay, so why is the stereotype there in the first place if it does not apply to everyone? And then that stereotype gets weaker and weaker and weaker until eventually it's just out of your vocabulary. Um, hateful thoughts and comments can be extinguished via meeting people of these marginalized groups and learning about their story. So as people get older, it becomes easier to discriminate. Again, discrimination is like psychology, like differentiating between single instances and whole groups of people. And there's less overgeneralization to make discriminatory comments. Prejudice behavior can be extinguished once a punishment is introduced. Um, our society still struggles with punishing hateful behavior sometimes, but the mentality is getting a lot better. So people are now more accepting of the LGBTQ plus community um, interracial marriage and people of color in general and not too long ago there it w we didn't have enough support like that 
um, being supportive and inclusive is now being reinforced. It's now being a good thing. And hateful and prejudiced attitudes are no longer accepted, decreasing the rate of re- reinforcement. While they're no longer accepted in the majority of communities, they still are accepted in quite a few of them. Um, and many people get by with saying discriminatory comments, um, being like reinforcing stereotypes on other people, or um, being prejudiced in general, um, using racial slurs, um, just being not very kind people, and they don't face any punishment for it. And that's when it becomes a problem, because if that person is not get, receiving a punishment for their behaviors, then they have no reason to not continue that anymore. And they're probably not going to go out and research why they should be saying that if they have been saying it and don't see a problem with it so far. So it really is up to the general public to call people out on their behaviors. But the thing is, it can be very, very difficult sometimes. It can get so tiring. Um, I know just even as a person of color, I'm so tired of having to call people out on their ignorant beliefs um, constantly. And it's, it's something that I feel like I have to do. Because if I don't, then who else will, you know? But the thing is, you don't have to call someone out every single time. Pick your battles and know what you need to say when you need to say it. But also, people listening, check yourself too. Call yourself out. If you said something before in the past that you're now looking back on it and you're like, that doesn't sound like something that I should have said at the time, then call yourself out on it and learn from it. Learn why what you said was bad learn why you shouldn't say something like that again, and why you should call someone else out for saying that in the future. Um, So yeah, learn from your mistakes, because you absolutely, absolutely can learn from mistakes, Um, and it's super important to do so. And if you do see someone else making a mistake, call them out on it. It doesn't have to be super aggressive calling them out on it. It could just be like one conversation that you might have with them one-on-one, but why what they're saying is bad. And do not leave calling people out to people of color. Because it's not their job. It's not their job to be kind of like this this educator for other people. Um, especially for black people. Black people shouldn't have to tell you why you shouldn't be using the N-word in your daily life. Why you shouldn't be using it at all. Um, it's not their job to tell you that. It's something that everyone should know and educate themselves on and call themselves on it and call other people out on it. So don't leave the calling people out to just black people, just to indigenous people, just to people of color. Um, because it's not their job. Um, we do it a lot. We already do that, and it's it's tiring to do that every single time because these statements, these like discriminatory beliefs or prejudice, exist on a daily life. Whether again, whether you see it or not, it's still there. Just because you don't experience it does not mean it does not exist. So yeah. Overall, it's important to remember that stereotype discrimination and general prejudice are harmful behaviors and attitudes that are present even if we don't outwardly realize it. Um, Through exposure uh, as a child and experiences growing up, our mind may form untrue beliefs about others that shape the way that we interact with others and our perception of those who are different. But what is learned can be extinguished, and we have to acknowledge prejudice to take the first steps to fight against it. So, like I said, Step one of trying to fix prejudice, acknowledge that it exists. Acknowledge that you might have it. Acknowledge that someone close to you might have it. Um, And acknowledge that it is okay to have implicit prejudice beliefs as long as you take the next steps to eradicate it. So once you understand that it can exist, step two, 
figure out where it may or may have may come from figure out if there was certain life experiences that you had as a child that may account for these beliefs try your best to understand where you might have come up with these beliefs so you can prevent this kind of learning from happening in the future you know like if you understand that like oh you witnessed this as a child and then you came up with this stereotype in your mind or you had this just implicit thought because of something that happened to you understand where it may have come from and then now you know that if something similar to or to happen to you in the future you know how to differentiate from it and um how to not have these prejudiced beliefs because of another incident in the future so that's step number two step number three try to eradicate it by meeting other people by finding situations that go against the stereotype by educating yourself on various topics in prejudice and discrimination and also just educating yourself on people in general. Um, it's actually statistically proven that people who attend higher education are less likely to have prejudiced beliefs um, and are less likely to be generally racist because they have interacted with more people, they have gotten more educated, and they know a li- little more about the world than people who might not necessarily have gone to college. Um, it doesn't mean that if you don't go to college that you're going to be prejudiced. It just means that statistically people who have gone to college have less prejudiced beliefs. So I encourage you to get out there, um, explore the world, explore the so many different people on this beautiful planet, and realize that just because somebody's different from you does not make them any less deserving of basic human decency. And understand that there are people out there who are really struggling, who have p- faced so much racism, so much discrimination, and understand that they are facing a struggle every day that you might not even see, that you know you aren't aware of. Um, so just be aware of things happening around you. Um, take the time to do some more research on prejudice, discrimination, the history of it, because there's a whole bunch to talk about systemic racism, systemic prejudice, um, and things that happen, again, like on a more systemic, uh, systemic level rather than just like a social level. But yeah, so this was um, psychological basis for prejudice, discrimination, and stereotyping, how it is learned and how it can be unlearned. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and I hope you learned something from it, if not a few things from it. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye.